The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. I'm Bailey, uh, and I'm an intern here at the Inn. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, To go along with classic intern tradition, I brought along some classic childhood photos to share with you to help you get to know me a little bit better if you don't already know me. Um, It actually works out that most standout qualities I have about myself that I'd like to share have been true about me since I was little. So here is some key takeaways about yours truly through childhood photo. Isaac, if you want to throw up the first one, this is my family. Uh, This is my crew, my squad, the Lou's. They're the best. Um, That's my mama in the middle. Obviously, that's where we all got our tans. And my little sister, Maggie. She's in the back. She drove all the way out here from Western, you guys. How cool is that? Shout out, Maggie. And her best friend, Jenna, came with her. Um, And those two little cuties in the middle are my little bros, Hunter and Holden. They're twins. And... um, That's us. Uh, I was born in West Seattle, but we moved pretty early on, and the rest of these these hooligans were raised in Sammamish, Washington. That's where we grew up. Went to Skyline High School. Any Skyline people? Yeah. Um, So if you want to move on, we've got some more photos to share with you. Up top corner, you will see me wearing a Husky onesie. Uh, It's true of me then. It's true of me now. I'm a dog for life. I went to UW and graduated last June. And I was a Gamma Phi Beta here at UW, if there's any of those in the house. That's my PC, they're actually graduated. (laughs) Uh, Then over to the other corner, you'll see a picture of me kissing my dog, my first dog. Her name's Bubba, and she's really cute. She was Sharpay. You can't really tell there, but the Sharpays are the really wrinkly kind. But honestly, put me with any dog, and I'm in my happy place. I'm content. Uh, If you've seen Piper, the little border collie that runs around through here, I oftentimes will be found with her, or Emily Sittler will be found with her, you know. (laughs) Um, Then bottom corner, you'll see me and Bubba again, and I am sleeping, and I love to sleep. (laughs) I love to nap, and dragging me out of bed is actually the worst. Uh, If you've ever lived with me or have been given the task of waking me up, you'll know that this is awful. Uh, It's kind of embarrassing, this is a key fact about myself, but it definitely is a key fact about myself. Uh, In the middle, you'll see me (laughs) wearing some glasses. I actually made a note, like, make a comment of what this means, and I didn't actually come up with what I was going to say about that, but I feel like you get it kind of, right? Like, (laughs) sassy, do what I want, wear what I want, like, I don't, that's me. And (laughs) uh, bottom left... Bottom right corner is me in dance class. Uh, Another key thing about me is I love a good dance party. I like good music and I like to dance to it, and that is important. Doing some tap there, if any of you want to tap around later. (laughs) Definitely, we could do that. Um, And then, of course, for y'all who've been around since the very first in, you may have remembered there was actually some snippets in that wonderful video that Danny made of the first intern video in which I think my most prominent quality was highlighted. Um, More often than not, I'm just pretty excited. (laughs) 
I love joy and I love to be happy and I'm excited about life. And I totally embrace this and appreciate this about myself. But sometimes my excitement gets the best of me. Uh, a great example of this, earlier on in the year, I think in fall, a bunch of the staff were out on a Tuesday going to get some dinner from the Zell's truck uh, before the inn. And we were out, there was like maybe like five or six of us. And Laura sees this guy that she knows across the street and he comes over and he's introducing, she's introducing us to him and we're all shaking his hands. It gets to me and I'm like, hi, I'm Bailey. And he's like, yeah, I know. And oh, <laughs> what? And uh, he's like, yeah, we went to middle school together. And I'm just like, what? I don't know this. I don't know this guy. I'm so confused. Conversation like continues amongst the rest of the crowd. And I'm just staring at this guy like, I don't. <laughs> middle school? And all of a sudden it hits me. I recognize him. And I get super stoked. And I just like scream like, you went through puberty. <laughs> the conversation was over at that point. So... Awkward situations, they can result from excitement. That being said though, uh, I wanna say, hopefully in a way that isn't awkward, uh, I'm stoked to be sharing what I'm sharing with you guys tonight. What I'm about to share brings me a ton of joy and I hope it brings you a lot of joy too. If you were here last week, you heard Churchy intro our new series. Uh, the series is called I Am and in the coming weeks, we're gonna be looking at times in the gospel where Jesus gives some insight into his character by using the statement, I am. This week, we're gonna look over John 10, but first, let me take a moment and pray for us. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this space. Uh, thank you for bringing each and every one of these individuals out here tonight. God, I pray for peace, um, that you just relieve any nerves um, and anxiety that I may be feeling being up here, and that you speak your words through me, God. Uh, I pray for truth, and I pray for open ears and hearts to hear what you have to say. God, be with us in this time, um, and just be present in this time. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start off by reading John 10. You can follow along on the screen if you'd like. I'm going to start in verse 7. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay, my life, lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So I found out that I had the opportunity to share about this scripture. And firstly, I was super excited. Shocker. But I also was a little overwhelmed because the scripture is stacked. So the way I want to go through it is I kind of just want to go through it piece at a time and break it down. So we start in verse 7. 
Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I want to make a note that he's about to give us this metaphor, this imagery, this symbolism, but he tells us that it is true. Throughout this gospel, we see John preface things with very truly, I tell you, or truly, I say to you. And when he's doing this, it's usually him saying like, hey, pay attention. This part's important. I want you to hear some truth. Eight goes on to say, all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. All these parties that are after the sheep, thieves, the robbers, the hired hands, they all have this one thing in common, and that's they want to take the sheep from where they belong. There are people we come across who take on these roles of thieves and robbers, and they actually take life away from us. And when I say this, I, I mean that they allow us to believe lies. Exes, peers, teachers, even friends and family. Oftentimes, it's not really with, even with the intention to hurt us. Earlier, I had Becca ask y'all to share with each other a time when you or someone you know was gullible. Last week, my friend Dustin was in the trailer helping me out with his talk, actually. And we were hanging out by the desk. If you've been in the trailer, the interns have desks over here um, with Taylor Dunlap. And we were just kind of hanging around, just chatting. And Taylor has two cans of Vegemite sitting on his desk. Uh, and before I even get started, if you don't know what Vegemite is, it's really gross. It's like really, really gross. It's, left, it's leftover from the student leadership retreat we had. I'm sorry. In the, the beginning of the year, and it was like a challenge we had. It was like two people who like raced to finish their can of Vegemite. There's like all of the Vegemite left because no one could do it. It's so, it's like this yeasty brown paste. It looks like it would be Nutella, but it's so not. And it's just, it's a huge disappointment. So anyways, I take advantage of the situation. Dustin's like, is that, is that Vegemite on your desk? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's so good. Have you ever had it before? And Taylor totally plays along. And he's like, yeah, dude, I like put it on my pancakes and my toast. It's delicious. So Dustin like takes a fingerful and eats it. <laughs> Sorry. And then <laughs> the worst part is to be polite. He goes like, oh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> And then Taylor and I like burst out laughing and we all come to the conclusion that it's nasty. So um, I tell this story because Taylor and I are human. And as humans, we fail. This is a silly example, but humans fail sometimes. We fail at tasks, we fail each other, and we fail ourselves. Sometimes, because of our fallen nature as people, we can assume these roles of thieves and robbers in, our li in each other's lives. But I'm here to tell you some great news, and that is that Jesus is not any of these things. He's not a thief. He's not a robber. He's God. He's a good shepherd. And he is here to speak some truth. Verse 9 says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. This part confused me at first because I was like, gate, shepherd, confused. So as a natural good UW alumni, I did some research. And back in the day, the sheep and the shepherd hung out in this pen. And it's like pretty industrial. If you want to show a picture, I think I have one. Yeah, like that's the real deal. It's like this rock, or it could be made out of wood, like enclosed, enclosing, and there's an opening. And that's, that's literally where the shepherd hangs out. He would hang out in the opening, in the threshold of the pen. That's where he would sleep. That's where he would stay. He would allow the sheep in and provide them safety, and he'd keep them from mindlessly straying out of the pen. Through entering this pen, the sheep are safe. Uh, I just want to take a second to recognize the accuracy of this image. 
Sheep and us, we have some similarities. Uh, sheep are stubborn, and they like to do as they please. But without direction or guidance, they often end up in trouble. They can easily follow crowds without thinking about the consequence. And when they put their trust in something, they'll follow it almost without even thinking about it. Though I'm not super proud to admit it, I'm totally this sometimes. But a pattern that we see throughout all of this is that sheep are meant to be led. So if we continue on with verse 9, if you want to throw the scripture back up there, a huge point that we should also take note of is that the sheep enter through this gate, but then they, and they're saved, but then they can go in and they can go out. These sheep know where their home is, and then they're free to roam as they please. This good shepherd is freedom. He wants his sheep to go out and reflect this freedom rather than stay pent up in the pen. They have their roots in something stable, and then they can, they're free to go out into the world and find pasture, and then if something goes wrong, they are free to go home. Verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This one's key, because here he gives the ultimate comparison between himself and the enemy. We talked earlier about the thieves and the robbers and the way they kind of play us, the thief that takes life away from us, the thief that takes pieces of our identity and replaces them with lies. This shepherd, Jesus, he wants us to not only live, but live to the full. Other translations say to live life abundantly. He wants us to wake up every day and feel unspeakable joy to go on the adventure that is life, to love and be loved, to know truth, truth about him, truth about his creations, truth about his people, truth about ourselves. All of that good stuff that life is about, that's what Jesus is about. He's so about it that he dies so that we can have it. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The shepherd's sole purpose in life is to care for their sheep. It's why they lived, and it's why they died. If their sheep hurt, they hurt. They wanted the greatest good for their sheep. A shepherd weathered storms, took on thieves, fought off wolves, all for the sake of their sheep. Jesus takes on sin. He takes on the enemy. He takes on Satan himself. He goes to the cross. He is devoted to our livelihood until death. And even beyond that, he rises again. He conquers death for us, his sheep. Verse 12 and 13 say, The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. We put our trust in things and people that are fleeting, like this hired hand. And we don't even realize we're doing it. They've been given the responsibility to watch over us, to be with us. But these people look out for themselves too. Danger comes in the form of busyness or stress or heartache, and it's like every man for himself. But the shepherd never forsakes his sheep, never. He literally is always there for them. They are why he lives, they are why he dies. Rather than every man for himself, it's one man for everyone. So up until this point, what I really wanted you guys to hear through understanding this analogy is that the sheep, which can kind of be seen as us, need some sort of guidance and some sort of protection in order to live. And the shepherd Jesus is willing to bend over backwards, more accurately, to take on death and conquer it, 
so that his sheep can not only live, but live to the full. Verse 14 and 15 say, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. And I really love this part. I was talking to my little sister about what her favorite part of the scripture was when I was planning for my talk and she pulled this part out and I asked her why and she super matter-of-factly said, well, that's how you have a relationship. All these other things, the robbers and the thieves, they don't know you. The shepherd is the only one that knows you. And she's so right. The shepherd is the only one who actually knows you. He wants a relationship with you. And not just you of many sheep. He wants to know you and you intimately. It says in the scripture, as intimately as God the Father knows him. God the Father. God the Father and creator of the world and his holy son. That's how intimately God knows you. I can't think of more intimacy than that. Previously in the scripture, it says that the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Jesus calls for us individually by name. And more than just calling Bailey or Cami or Rachel or Brandon, he calls us by our new name. So often when we think of our name, we think of everything that the world sees us as along with our name, our reputation, our accomplishments, our failures. When the good shepherd calls our name, he calls us by our identity as his sheep, which only consists of truth, the core of what makes us us. And he is only pleased because we are his. While all these other things are continuously screaming lies at us, this shepherd is forever calling at us with truth. For the longest time, I just wasn't listening for the voice of the shepherd. Y'all may have noticed in my family picture that there's something that would be traditionally considered missing. Um, Before high school, my dad decided that he just didn't really want me as, as his daughter anymore. I wish I could explain why or, or how that happened, but it was really just an abrupt thing. And through this, I began believing these lies that I kept hearing, both verbally and non-verbally. You are not enough. You're alone. You're unlovable. It's hard for me to wrap my head around someone believing lies like these now in hindsight on the outside, but these thieves and robbers, they want you. And they'll scream at you. And I don't tell this piece of my story to be unique or to stand out. I can pretty much guarantee that all of y'all in here are hearing or have heard lies about yourself. Your story may be similar to mine, and it may not. Maybe you're hearing lies because you're insecure about your relationship. Maybe you just aren't making the cut in your grades or in your job search or in your internship. Maybe you hate your body. Maybe you just don't feel like enough compared to the people around you. Where are you hearing lies? These insecurities that it feels like are just being put under a magnifying glass that are being thrown at you from all sides. It's loud, and I'm here to groan with you. But I'm also here to tell you that the shepherd will never stop calling for you. He will always be a good shepherd, even if we're not aligning ourselves as his sheep. Amidst these lies I told you I was hearing, Jesus was there calling for me and continued to speak truths to me. And I began to notice as I began to let myself hear him, as I began to turn towards him and hear him. Life went on. I saw success. I did pretty well in school. I played sports. I got into college. 
gone to college and went through recruitment, a sorority actually took me. <laughs> Jesus said, you are enough. And my family and friends came around and supported me better than ever. My mom stepped up and killed it in the roles of both my dad and my mom. She got up under me and lifted me up and made me better. She encouraged me and hoped and dreamed with me when I couldn't. My siblings became my best friends. I can't imagine life without my little sister. And my little brothers are actually the funniest people in the whole world. They're pretty quiet, but if you want to get them to tell you a joke, maybe later they, they might. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have the best friends in the world. Through all, from elementary school to college and everywhere in between, I've had these people that come around me and support me. I have a fat crowd of friends who don't even go to college anymore that are here to support me because they love me. And they have to get up for work in the morning. Wow. Um, Jesus is purposely taking these people and telling me, you are not alone. I allowed myself to hear and see the ways I was being blessed. These family and friends who've surrounded me, this awesome opportunity I have to come back to the inn for another year and be around you guys, to be around this staff that is just rad. I get to meet with the coolest group of girls every single Sunday. You may have seen them at the core group dessert. They were in all denim. And I just come across people every single day randomly and they're awesome and I just appreciate so much about them and this is so obviously Jesus shouting you are loved God replaced these lies in my life enemies were shouting you are alone Jesus says no you're not you are not enough yes you are you are unlovable you are loved and these truths didn't become truths when I heard them. They were true before I heard them, and they will be true if I ever stop hearing them. They are always true, and they are true right now. Verse 16 goes on to say, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So regardless of where you are at and being able to hear these truths or where you're hearing these lies, I want you to take hope. Because if you allow yourself to hear them, you'll recognize these truths. He'll do it for you, and not because he did it for me and continues to do it for me, but because that's the character of Jesus. He loves you, and he loves you specifically. 17 and 18 finish up. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The shepherd lays his life down for no other reason than he wants to, for his sheep, for us. I'm here to tell you he's trustworthy. So many come into our lives and they come in to take, to take things from us. This shepherd comes into our life and the only purpose he's here is to give, to give to us, to give all that he has. A character like this is worth investing in. It's worth trusting. That's Jesus. Jesus is a good shepherd. Jesus is God. The most beautiful picture I can think of the shepherd actually comes from an image that God gave David, God gave David in Psalm 23, uh, which I'd love to read to kind of wrap up real quick. So it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Shepherds literally had to force their sheep to lie down. It's really hard for them to like, feel comfortable lying down. They're busy and distracted, and they don't trust very easily. 
And the sheep won't actually drink from running water. They will only drink from still water. They're just frantic. And that's us. Sometimes life gets so hectic, we neglect ourselves the time to rest, time to be still, time to reflect. So this shepherd, he knows us. He knows our habits. He knows our fears. He knows our needs. And he accommodates us. When we choose to listen to him, he is always inviting us to be blessed and to be refreshed. Psalm 23 continues, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This part's real good because it's real. (laughs) It's real, real talk. We walk through this world and it's dark. I'm not here to tell you that once you start listening to the shepherd that all these enemies, these thieves, these wolves are going to go away because they're not. The enemy is still here. They still want to kill. They still want to destroy. They still want to scream lies at you and for you to believe them and to take pieces of you. Crap still happens. God doesn't create all circumstances. The enemies are still around. But the raddest thing is that he can use all circumstances because God is good all the time. He leads us along right paths so that we need not fear. How incredible is that, that we are invited to walk through life without ever having fear, ever. No fear. Verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The shepherd, he wants us to be so equipped in this world of darkness that he sets a table before us. We overflow with his love for us, and we can lift our fork and eat and be fed and just do life. And these enemies can do nothing but just watch angrily. Being led by the shepherd is the biggest and most satisfying slap in the face that we can give to all these lies we hear. I'm not really about violence, but I'm so for that. (laughs) Psalm 23 finishes with verse 6 saying, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All the days of your life forever. He wants this for all of the days of our life. One of my favorite words in general is this word dwell. I think it's so important because so often we choose to invite Jesus into our life in moments, in prayers of praise or prayer quest, when we're too tired to do our homework, or when the sunset is super gorgeous and there's Jesus. But he's always around. Much like a shepherd, he doesn't disappear when you don't need him to save you. He walks with us always. So my call to you guys is to do just that, to dwell. Spend some time getting to know the character of Jesus. You know all these other voices, but do you know the voice of the shepherd? Can you hear all of the true and all of the good that he's calling out to you? How badly he wants for you to be safe in that truth. He's always with you, always. Right now, he's with you, calling you home. He, he is and has been and always will be waving at you. He wants you to hear him as badly as a parent wants their lost child to hear them. Take a moment and like, think about that. I know if I, was, like, if I was a lost child and like in a store and my mom was looking for me and didn't know where I was, she would be freaking out. She probably would be in tears. She would, she would want me in her arms five minutes ago. 
That is how Jesus feels about you. He wants you in his arms five minutes ago. He's over here screaming at you these truths. You are loved. You're beautiful. You are important. I value you. And all these enemies are just coming at us. He's after you. Don't let another minute go by where the enemy convinces you of who you aren't. My charge to you tonight is to go and adjust your posture to hear the good shepherd. I wish that I would have sooner. Now that I look back and I know these truths about myself, I can so confidently see where Jesus was doing this when I was believing lies. I invite you to spend some time listening for that call, even during worship right now after I'm done, and then to respond. I promise it's worthwhile too. The good shepherd is calling for you. He wants you to hear his truth. He wants you to lie down and drink from still water. I'm going to pray for us. Father God, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. We thank you that you are after us. We thank you for the truth that you see in us and the ways that you've created us. You are a good father. And God, I pray for, for this community here at the inn, that for the hearts that are fighting off these lies, that you just keep after them, God, and you allow them to turn their posture towards you to hear what you have to say, God, because you are good. We lift up this time of worship to you. Um, and we pray that you work miracles, God. And we love you so much, and we pray this in your name. Amen.